Psalm 34 and verse 1 beginning. I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make its boast in the Lord and the humble will hear thereof it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. Father, I thank you for your word forever settled in heaven. And I thank you that you have commissioned us, commanded us to praise the Lord. And I pray that in this room this morning as your word is released that a boldness and a resoluteness will come upon your people to say, come what may, come hell or high water, I will bless the Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. As you're being seated, turn around and tell two people, I will bless the Lord. And you can be seated in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. There is something that is stirring in the potter's house. There's something that is stirring in the earth. And I believe that it is connected to praise. Now, the Lord has been, a lot of the things that uh, these past couple weeks, it has been, uh, if I can be honest completely with you, it has been difficult to sift through what the Lord might want to say on a given Sunday and moment because all the things that I feel like the Lord is speaking to me, he's telling me to wait until weeks away to talk about them. And, and so this is going to be a prelude to a message that's coming in a few weeks. Is that all right? Okay. It's going to be a prelude to a message that's coming in a few weeks because I believe the path into the presence of the Lord is paved with praise. You cannot come into his presence and his presence cannot come where you are unless there is praise that is in the atmosphere. The Bible said he inhabits the what? Praises of his people. He's enthroned upon the praises of his people. And, and so in a few weeks, we're going to talk about corporate praise. I'm going to come and talk to you about maybe uh, the seven Hebrew words for praise. And we're going to cover a couple of them today and we'll cover them again. But today, I, I believe I want to focus in on individual, personal praise. Personal praise. In Psalm 34, we read this beautiful and powerful expression of praise from the psalmist David. And if you were to simply read Psalm 34 without giving any attention to context and history and the other psalms of the scriptures, you would miss out on the beauty and power of Psalm 34. 
Because history would tell us that Psalm 34 is preluded by Psalm 56. And in Psalm 56, we find David writing Psalm 56 in the darkest season of his life. In Psalm 56, David has now spent years on the run from Saul. David has run from Saul. He has found himself as a stranger in the land of Gath, which if you know your Bible, Gath is where the giant Goliath is from. David is now hiding in the land of the giants. In fact, the word would tell us that David was trying to be so sneaky that he was actually leading expeditions with the Philistines against neutral tribes. And it comes to a head when one of the captains recognizes David. It would be hard to miss the young man who took a giant down with a rock. But somehow, their eyes were blinded to who David was. David is brought before the king of Gath. His life is in danger. He is surrounded by his enemies. And the Bible said that David feigned madness. He dropped to the floor. He began to let saliva run down his beard so that the king of Gath would say, why did you bring a madman to me? And they took him and they threw him out. And the next verse of this story, David finds himself in the cave called Adullam. Adullam was the cave that David would connect to crazy people. He was among men who were outcasts of society. But in this cave, David begins to reflect on the danger that God just delivered him from. And he begins to pin Psalm 34. Now, I don't know about you, but human nature would dictate to us praise is much easier when everything is okay. Can anybody testify to that? It is easier to sing the song of the redeemed when the redeemed aren't driving you crazy. It is easier to sing the song of heaven when hell is not breaking loose in your family and in your life. And praise is powerful in those moments, but the real power of praise happens when you are in the darkest and heaviest moments of your life, and yet you can still find a reason to praise the Lord. So Psalm 56, David's acting like a madman. He's now in a cave full of misfits. And these misfits, I, I, I don't know 
if, if David maybe just carried a guitar everywhere he went, I don't know if he found a rock that he could bang on to make some noise with, but he's in a cave full of outcasts, and I just imagine the pitch blackness of that cave, and then all of a sudden, in, from the back quarters of the cave, David starts, I will bless the Lord at all times. And the outcasts start thinking, what is wrong with this man? We're in a cave in the darkness, and he's back here writing songs. And so David begins to pen Psalm 34. So I want to walk through it with you very quickly. Psalm 34, he makes a command on himself. And he starts the psalm off with this. I will bless the Lord at all times. Let's just ponder through this for a minute. The first words of this psalm coming from having almost been killed in Gath to now in a cave full of misfits and outcasts at Adullam, David makes a decision, I will. Now, I know that in the American church, praise is a decision that we make based on what the praise team is singing, based on how the room feels, based on how the atmosphere lines up with how we're feeling, a lot of our decisions are based in feelings. Well, I don't feel like praising the Lord. I don't feel like worshiping. This is not my style, and this is not my favorite song, and this is not my favorite uh, a genre of worship. And we make a decision like this. I will bless the Lord as long as they sing what I want them to. I will bless the Lord as long as it's not 20 degrees in the sanctuary. I will bless the Lord as long as the pews are comfortable. I will bless the Lord as long as my week with sunshine and roses. I will bless the Lord as long as everybody in my life is acting right. I will bless the Lord as long as I feel like blessing the Lord. But the biblical way of praise is I will bless the Lord. There is no caveat after I will. It is simply I am making a decision that in the moment, whether it's in a cave or on top of a mountain, I will will bless the Lord. The psalmist said in Psalm 103, he made a demand on his soul. He said, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, you will bless the Lord. I know you don't feel right, soul, but you will bless the Lord. I know we've been through trials and storms, but you will bless the Lord. I know that not everything is lining up the way we thought it would, but soul, you will bless the Lord. Now here is something about our day that is not true of their day. When you would come into the temple and you would hear psalms like uh, Psalm 148 and 149, praise the Lord. They would say, praise the Lord. They would sing, praise the Lord. It was not a lyric. We have many lyrics that say praise the Lord, but in the temple... It was not a lyric, it was a command. And when the psalmist would say or sing, praise the Lord, the 4,000 musicians that David hired 
and the 4,000 gatekeepers and all of the dancers would begin to praise the Lord. There was dancing and singing and prophesying. Today, we take praise the Lord as a suggestion. But in that day, it was a command, praise the Lord. And the people would praise him, not based on how they felt, but because they were making a decision, I will. Somebody shout, I will. I will. And here's the declaration. He said, I will bless the Lord. Now, this word bless in the Hebrew, it's one of the seven words for praise. It is the Hebrew word barak. And it, 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 is, a, it is a word of thanksgiving that is done sometimes by kneeling or other times by simply bowing in posture. It means to give thanks. Another meaning is it means to give credit where credit is due. Mm -hmm. Some of us live such a life that we are, the reason we're not praisers is that we feel like we're able to take credit for everything we've done. So instead of praising him, We've created a life that praises us. And so worshiping is no longer an issue of spirituality. It's an issue of pride. God, you mean I got to give you the credit for that promotion I worked so hard for? God, you mean I got to give you the credit for all this money that I've saved up to do this project? And it becomes an issue of pride. But there's a decision that has to be made. For everything the Lord has done, I'm going to give him the credit. And I'm going to give him thanks. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and 18, Paul writes to the church of Thessalonica and he says, In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ concerning you. In Psalm 100, the psalmist said, Praise the Lord. He talks about entering. In verse 4, he said, enter in to his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. In Philippians 4 and verse 6, Paul says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Giving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God that surpasses understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. In Psalm 107, 1, the Bible said, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. In 1 Chronicles 16, 34, the scripture said, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. I know you've worked really hard. I know you've done a lot of work, but the whole, the whole thing about praise is that 
the right person gets the credit. And so David said, I will give you the credit. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you've accomplished. I don't know what you've walked through. But when you get to the end of it, you've got to make a decision. I will give God the credit. And I believe God wants to do such a work in you that when you stand in the finished and completed product of what he wants to do, the only thing you're going to be able to say to people is that God did it. Yeah, he used me. Yeah, he he, he used my hands to do it. But at the end of the day, it was God. It wasn't me. It wasn't you. It wasn't them. It was God. And let it be so that whenever we come and we worship in your prayer closet, on your drive to work, at your house, let it be so that whatever God does, he gets the credit for. One of the greatest forms of blasphemy is to give the credit to somebody else that God deserves. To to give God the credit that he deserves. That he deserves. Uh, and, And so David continues and he says, I will bless the Lord. At all times. Everybody say all times. I, will, I said say all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. It, it, in everything at all times. This is the declaration of what David had already determined in his heart in Psalm 31. Where he said, my times are in your hands. Mm-hmm. And some of you need to be delivered from the fear of unfulfilled expectations in time. So what do you mean, Pastor? I mean that, that when that ugly demonic virus came on the earth a few years ago, some of our reactions were to phase into immediate fear. And now they're starting to beat the drum again. And that same fear that you experienced three years ago is starting to come up again. And you know what I determined somewhere around April of 2020? I determined that my times are not determined by COVID. And my times are not determined by sickness and disease. My times are in the hand of the almighty God. And in his book, all my days were written. And I will not fail to reach one of my days. I will not fail to accomplish one of my days that have already been pre-written in his book. Whether it's COVID or a car accident or by way of the grave, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to fail to reach one day that God ordained for me and I prophesy over you, you will not fail to reach one day that God has destined and designed for your life. Let fear break off of you this morning. It's all the mainstream media wants to do anyways. My times, I'll bless the Lord at all times. In the good times, in the bad times, in the heavy times and in the light times, in the time of life and in the time of death, I will bless the Lord at all times. When money's funny, I'll bless the Lord. 
When something's wonky in the marriage, I'll bless the Lord. When something's going on in relationships, I'll bless the Lord. When, so, when, when the devil's trying to attack me with this and that, I will. I make a decision. I will. Somebody shout, I will. I want to ask you to shout it one more time because some of you need to get set free in your own heart about this because the devil's trying to convince you you won't. And some of you need to tell the devil, I will. Come on. If you need to just shout, I will. He continues. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. The, the word for praise here is another Hebrew word for praise called tehillah. This, this word means to sing about the excellence of another. Are you aware that you do not have to have the best voice in the world to sing? <laughs> Are you aware that God cares more about your posture than he does your performance? Are you aware? Because the, the Hebrew word tehillah means to sing. Excellence. Of a, to sing the excellence of another. Uh, to, to adore him. To lift him up. This this is praise. Uh, David said in Psalm 18 and verse 1 beginning, he said, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my strength and my rock, my fortress and my high tower. He is my shield and the buckler. He is the horn of my salvation. I will call upon the name of the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And so shall I be saved from my enemies. In Psalm 40, the psalmist said that I, I waited patiently on the Lord and he heard my cry and he picked me up out of the horrible pit and out of the miry clay and he put my feet on a rock and established my going and he put a new song in my mouth even a hymn of praise unto our God and the earth heard the new song in Psalm 103 David said I bless bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me bless his holy name bless the Lord oh my soul and forget not all of his benefits. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, who heals all of my diseases and casts my iniquity as far as the east is from the west. I'll bless the Lord at all times and his excellence, the measure of how good and how great he is will continually this word means constantly or regularly be in my mouth. Mm. See, some of us, some of us look at praise as just a slot in a service when we have it corporately. Praise is a weapon. Barak is on his way to fight the enemies in 2 Chronicles 29 to fight the enemies of God. And before they get over the hill going down into Barak, the, uh, the Bible said that before they went down to fight them, God commanded them to bow and to worship. He commanded them 
Judah to praise the Lord. And the Bible said that when they began to praise the Lord, that the people in the valley began to turn on one another. And I've come to tell somebody who wished the devil was real so you could punch him in the face. You might not have a weapon in your hand, but you've got one in your mouth. And God is able through praise to turn the enemy on his head and make them fight each other and bring confusion into the camp of the enemy. And it will continually, regularly be in my mouth. When people ask how you're doing, the first thing that ought to pass your lips is praise. I, I, I know we live in such a negative society. How are you? Oh, I'm struggling. What? If you're a believer, what does that say about what you think about the God you serve? Now, some of you say, well, pastor, am I not allowed to struggle? No, you can struggle. But do you serve a God who's greater than your struggles? Is there somebody who's bigger than what you're facing? The first thing out of our mouth ought to be praise. I've gotten into this habit. Talk to a lot of pastors, talk to a lot of friends in ministry. For those of you that don't know, ministry is difficult. Pastoring is hard. And they ask, they say, how are you? And you know, three or four months ago, I would have just started railing off all the trials and all the things we're facing. But three or four months ago, the Holy Spirit began to minister to me. And somebody asked that question, and I answered it in, in a normal way. I, you know, we're going through this. we got this going on. And the Holy Spirit said, am I not better to you than that? Am I not better to you than that? And so now when people ask me, how are you? God's been good to me. God's so good to us. God, he's, he's so much better to us than we could even think. He's so much better to he's so much better than ministry and he's so much better than church and he's so much better than things and he's so much better than materials because you know what starts to happen you lead with praise and all of a sudden all the problems start to fade away when you magnify God and you make God as big as he is all of a sudden the mountains shake before him and they bow before him and the hills melt like wax in his presence when praise is continually In your mouth. Mm. And, and, and I, I ne listen, I never want there to be a moment where anybody believes that I'm disappointed in him. I don't want anybody to ever believe that God has done anything to disappoint me. You say, well, pastor, that's not real. No, it's real. Because he's better than anything I could have been disappointed about. And all the things I'm disappointed about missing and discouraged haven't happened in my life. God has done so much for me that psalmist said, I cannot tell it all. It would take me eternity to express down to the detail what God has done for me. And so when I'm in the cave of Adullam or I'm in surrounded by my enemies, I make the decision to put praise on my lips. I make the decision to put worship on my lips and then he said my soul some of you were okay with this up until this point my soul will make her boast in the Lord and the humble will hear and be glad this word soul means entire being 
my entire being, my emotions, my appetite, with all my living and breathing, my entire being will make its boast in the Lord. Now, the word boast here is interesting because in one context, it does mean to, to boast or brag about. But it is the Hebrew word for praise pronounced halal. It is where we get our word hallelujah from. Let me tell you what halal means. Halal means crazy, exuberant praise. To dance or to clamor foolishly. This is where I'm going to lose some of you. Because I know, I know a lot of people don't like this. But you've got to recognize that dancing is a part of praise. And you've got to recognize that sometimes the people who act the most foolish are the people with the greatest story of redemption that you've ever heard in your life. And I know that we live in a day and age, if you pay attention at all the social media and influencers that want to tell you that we need to button it up in praise. We need to simply have an organ and a piano. We need to sing soft songs in a circle. And then the pastor needs to get up and he needs to speak at a low level so the people can understand. The devil is a liar. And some of you say, well, pastor, why do you get so worked up? I don't know. But I read in Acts chapter 2 after the Holy Ghost came on Peter that he was standing on a portico and all the people were wondering what in the world happened. And the Bible said Peter raised his voice. What, is it, what do you mean? Peter got loud. And I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but heaven is not going to be Baptist. Heaven ain't going to be Methodist or Catholic. Heaven's not going to be Lutheran. Heaven is going to be full of lightning and thunder and millions upon millions of angels crying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb who was slain out of every kindred and tribe and people and tongue. I got bad news for you. Heaven's going to be louder than the potter's house. And you're going to have no option but to join in in halal, the crazy, exuberant, wild, foolish praise because the God who made heaven and earth has now been enthroned on the praises of his people. And if you don't like it, get over it. There is only one seated on the throne and he's worthy of our praise. I can see David in the back corner of a cave. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. Just said my soul will make her boast in the Lord. Spinning, acting like a total fool, acting like somebody who's lost their mind, acting like somebody who clamors, but nobody else in that cave knew that David just came out of death's doorstep and David just walked out from being surrounded by 
his enemies. So say, uh, let me calm down to say this. Save your judgment for another day. There is too much. There is too much at stake for the church to argue over whether or not somebody should dance in praise. There's too because listen, some of y'all who are against dancing in church, you dance in a club. So what is the difference between dancing in a club for the devil and getting in the altar on a Sunday morning and letting your feet loose a little bit so that God can get the glory? My soul, my entire being will make her boast in the Lord. Some of you are okay with this. That's a, that's a version of praise. Some of you are okay with this. Some of you are okay with this. But this starts to make some of you uncomfortable. I don't know why. The psalmist said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus, and all, here's David, contextually, just came out of a cave where he almost died, just came out of a place where his life could have been taken, and the only thing David could say was, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise will always be in my mouth the humble I will make my boast in the Lord pastor we need to be proper and we need to button up in the presence of God when David was on his way back to Jerusalem with the ark that had been stolen every six steps David looked at the music director of the people of Israel and he said play the song and when they began to play the song David began to dance foolishly in the street on the way back to Jerusalem so much so that Michael's wife said look at this foolish man what is the king of Israel doing dancing like this in his linen ephod. What a, what a fool. And David said, that's fine. That's all right. You can sit there in your window and you can judge or you can consider that this presence that we're bringing back will ensure us every victory to every war we ever walk through. And this presence we're bringing back costs us the life of a man named Uzziah. And this presence is a direct reflection of God's grace. And so why wouldn't I get out and cut my feet loose a little bit and dance before the Lord and praise the Lord and sing to the Lord? Let me get proper for some of you that need it. When I think, mm, when I think about the pit that I was in, but he reached out and he picked me up out of a horrible pit and out of a miry clay. Let me, let me tell you something about human nature. Because if somebody walked up to you right now and he said, how much debt do you have in your life? And they 
wrote a check to cover your debt and handed it to you. I guarantee you, you wouldn't. You gotta keep it all together. I need to keep it together. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. No, 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 no. If somebody wrote a debt check to cover your debt, I guarantee there wouldn't be one person in this building that didn't know what God just did for you. But on Calvary's mountain, 2,000 years ago, he paid a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt I could not cover. And you're telling me you want me to button up and be proper? I'll become even more undignified. And in Psalm 30, 11, David said, you have turned my morning in. Stay right here. We'll go praise the Lord. In verse 3, he said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. This word magnify means to great, make great. Here is the Hebrew rendering of that scripture. There's two. The first one is, I have a reason to praise him. Join me. The second one is, this was my experience. And it can be yours too. Sometimes in praise, you've got to lean over and grab a partner. Some of you, that makes you uncomfortable. But you've got to lean over and grab a partner and say, partner, I don't know what the Lord's done for you, but I can tell you what he's done for me. And I've got a reason to praise him. So why don't you join me in praising the Lord? So right here before I shut this thing down, I need you to grab hands with somebody standing next to you and I want you to tell them, praise the Lord with me. Praise the Lord with me. Then throw your hands up and praise the Lord. I don't know what he's done for you. I don't know how good he's been to you, but praise the Lord. Come on, come on, let your soul make a boast. Let your soul make a boast with your entire being. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! Come on, I dare somebody just to cut your feet loose in the room for a minute. I dare somebody just to cut your feet loose for just 30 seconds and give him a halal. If you need to run, you can run. If you want to spin, you can spin. Give it praise. Hallelujah! Oh, praise him. I know you don't feel like it. I know you think I'm crazy. I know you think we're wild. But in the presence of my enemies, I will offer a praise to the Lord.
say, Pastor, prove it. Why do I need a partner? In Acts 16, Paul and Silas have been locked in prison. The prison doors are chained. They weren't just in prison. They were in prison inside the prison. In that day, the prisons were circular. And on the outside were the less uh, serious crimes. And on the inside were the serious criminals. And they would not only be chained to, to, to the wall, but they would be chained to another guard. And the Bible said that at midnight, Paul and Silas sang and worshiped and praised God. And here, here, listen. And the prisoners heard them. So some of you wild maniacs that just praise like that, you just keep doing it. Because there might be a prisoner next to you who doesn't know they need to get free. But the Bible said, and suddenly the earth began to shake and everyone's bands, their chains fell off and the doors of the prison swung open. I need somebody to grab a partner one more time and praise God because he has been good. Come on, grab somebody by the hand and praise the Lord. Grab somebody by the hand and praise the Lord. And I've got to praise, I've got to praise, and I've got to let it out. I've got to praise. And I've got to praise, I've got to praise, and I've got to let it out. I've got to praise. One more time, say, I've got to praise. I've got to praise. Forget about it. Because some of you who now demand properness, when you first began to walk with the Lord, you couldn't shut up about Him. But now all of a sudden, all these years have killed your praise. Some of you need to ask the Lord, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Okay. Why? Okay. I'm almost done. He, he, he concludes this four-verse message like this. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. Woo! He heard me, and he delivered me. Oh, he delivered me out of all. Somebody shout all. Out of all of my fears. Why should we praise the Lord? Listen, I sought the Lord, and this word heard, it does not mean that my words reached his ears. It means God responded. Some of you 
God, do you even hear me? God, do you even know what I'm going through? And there's about to be another level of hearing unlocked in your life where God's not just going to listen, but God's going to respond. And David said, I sought the Lord, and he responded, and he delivered me out of all of my fears. So, so, we're going to take another just two-minute praise break. Is that all right? And if God has ever heard your cry and delivered you, whether it was from the pit of sin or from a problem you had no control over, but if he's ever delivered you, I'm giving you permission right now to absolutely lose your mind and give him a halal praise, cut your feet loose, jump a little bit, dance a little bit, run, spin. We're going to count to three, and we're going to just let it rip in the room. Why? Because he's worthy of our praise. One, two, one, two, three, go! This is foolish. The word said he'll use the foolish things to shame the wise. Seconds clamor foolishly. Today was personal. So, so some of you feel real good jumping and dancing when the music's going and, and when everybody else is doing it. Some of y'all need to go home, throw open the curtains, turn on the lights, and just set your feet to dancing right in your living room and watch because the Bible said he inhabits the praises of his people, which means when I praise him, wherever I am, his presence comes. I'm a walking, talking, breathing, dancing, foolish, acting, delivered from sin, praise, service, right where I'm at. 
This is the conclusion. I'm going to tell you something. I just felt like bodies were healed right there in that moment, right there. I'm telling some of y'all say you're crazy. I know I am. Bodies were just healed. This is the conclusion of the matter. He deserves the praise. And we have to make the decision. I will. Uh, you know, see, I, my, my four-year-old, you know how your kids say stuff and, and they say it wrong and you never want them to not to say it right? And some of y'all have when, when my daughter gets all upset and mad and we ask her to do something, instead of saying, I won't, she says, I won't. And as a believer, I won't, I won't, I don't feel like it should never be in your vocabulary. Because let me tell you something. There's been times in my life I told God I won't. I will not. I won't. I don't feel like it. And then I got over my flesh and I started doing it. And all of a sudden on the other side, I just feel better. It just feels good to give him praise because what I do is I take the focus off of me and I put it on him. I will.